What is up? And welcome in. It is July 3rd, 2022. My name is Jeremy Rushing. This is Post Loons presented by SodaSoccer.com. And we are here to break down a Minnesota United 3-2 win at home at Allianz Field in front of the Wonderwall against Real Salt Lake. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Post Loons tonight. I know it's a holiday weekend. You guys probably got a lot of stuff going on. So I appreciate you taking about a half hour here for the post-game recap. If you guys could, as usual, if you're on YouTube, go ahead and uh, give us a thumbs up. Let us know you like the content. Let YouTube know you like the content as well. It's kind of an algorithmic thing. Um, also tap that bell to be notified whenever we video. And if you could leave a question, comment, overall takeaway from the match tonight, go ahead and drop that in the chat so I can respond to it on the air as we get going on the stream here. Now, if you're watching on Twitter, and you want to just chill out, that's fine. But if you want to get involved in the conversation and you're on Twitter, you're going to have to go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com. Just search Post Loons or Soda Soccer, and you will get uh, set up right there. Yes, it's a 3-2 to two win for Minnesota United that we are breaking down tonight here on the stream. I am Jeremy Rushing, rolling solo, so that means that those questions and comments from you guys are going to be extra important. So again, if you're watching on YouTube and you want to get involved in the conversation, go ahead and drop a takeaway in the chat that would be awesome as we get rolling here but speaking of getting rolling the loons are rolling two straight wins and that's where i'm going to kick off my three things my three kind of overall main takeaways from the match and my first takeaway was more of a pre-game observation than necessarily a take um i don't know if you guys saw the up sheet before the match but, uh, you know, there were questions on how they were going to deal with missing both Kervin Arriaga and Joseph Rosales in the defensive midfield. Well, turns out they just stuck Robin Lud back there. <laughs> that was their plan. Robin Lud started tonight at the eight. So that, I believe, is the fourth, yeah, fourth different position that he has played for Minnesota United during his tenure. I don't know if that best Sasani Dotson or not. But uh, definitely Robin Lud, the Swiss Army Knife, coming in uh, for the Loons uh, tonight. And uh, he played pretty well in that position, too. Did what he had to do. Um, obviously, weren't expecting a ton from him, being it was his, from my vantage point, at least from the Loons' vantage point, first ever start in that position. So um, that was my first thing, just a, just a weird thing, that that's kind of how they decided to patch that defensive midfield issue, was to throw Robin Lud back there at eight. I just thought that was interesting. Uh, my second thing, Ray is in full king mode right now. My goodness. First 13 matches this season, only two goals for Ray. The last five matches, he has five goals. Pretty incredible run for Emmanuel Reynoso right now. Obviously, as he goes, so does Minnesota United. So it makes sense that you know three goals in the last two matches or excuse me four goals right two straight braces yeah four goals in the last two matches minnesota united is absolutely rolling makes sense considering their talisman uh Amano reynoso is rolling as well um and my third thing it's a defensive observation or defensive take but dj taylor deserves the keys at the right back position he played incredible tonight. If it weren't for Reynoso's performance, he would have been my pick for um, for the uh, man of the match, if you will. Um, I thought he played awesome. I thought he played excellent. Um, 
he deserves the keys at right back. He really does. I mean, it's the performances he's putting in week after week, time after time. It just, he deserves it. I know they're talking about bringing in Alan Benitez um, and he might be a, you know, a really good right back and he might fit well with Minnesota United and what they want to do. But for my money right now, there's no reason why DJ Taylor shouldn't be looked at as a potential long-term option for this team at right back. It is not necessarily a small sample size anymore. This, I believe, is like five or six straight matches where DJ has put in a quality performance. And tonight was sort of just the icing on the cake. I mean, you saw it right from the get-go. He was making plays, um, getting in on the attack, you know, getting shots on goal, sending crosses in, sending passes in. Uh, DJ was on one tonight. And uh, he, when he's on, that's a really, really good sort of uh, option in the post-Roman Metinair era for Minnesota United, if you will. I think DJ uh, deserves that opportunity to be that long-term solution for Minnesota United at right back. I think his play has proved that. So, you know, maybe the Benitez thing is too far down the line to go back on at this point, but I would much rather take whatever money that they're going to pay Benitez and put that towards a defensive midfielder or put that towards uh, a center back, or put that towards a a more position of need. Because fullback right now, with the way DJ and Kamar Lawrence are playing, fullback is not a position of need, the way I look at it right now for Minnesota United. O'Neal Fisher is a serviceable backup option. Um, Debassi can fill in and play backup left back, if need be too. So I I think you need a center back. I think you would need a center back to replace Debassi at this point. That's where I think if you get a center back and a center back who's going to play right away, I would like to see that individual replace Debassi and have Debassi be that that backup option who could slot in on the left or centrally. That would be where I would think. But I maybe the Benitez thing is is too far, and maybe he is going to be signed, sealed, and delivered before they can go back on it. But uh, I, I think it'll be really unfortunate. Um, you know, as even if Benitez plays really well, and from from my vantage point, it'll be a little bit unfortunate that DJ um, will sort of be reduced back to a backup role, considering the performances that he has put in. Uh, got a few questions in the chat here. So again, if you want to contribute to the conversation, go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com, search post loons or soda soccer, drop a few questions in the chat. Dave Valensky says, We need to stop sleeping in the second half. Um yeah, look, the, the second half, Loons have not been a second half team recently. Uh, they Their their goal differential in the second half is, is very much not in the positive. Uh, and, and tonight was another example of that. I think the overall performance is a little bit, leaves you a little bit more optimistic than maybe the LA match, for example, or the Miami match, obviously uh, picking up a loss there. Um, but yeah, I think there is a, still an issue with this team and bunkering down in the second half. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you have an aging back line. You don't really necessarily have too many solid depth options along the back line who can come in and, and especially in the defensive midfield who can help come in and really bunker down or not necessarily bunker down, but hold the lead, come in and really make sure that the other team's not going to get any quality opportunities, right? That, to me, is the difference between this team and the Loons teams of 2019 and 2020 is they were able to see those matches through a little bit better because they were overall in a better place in the defensive third um, with their entire personnel starting and uh, and uh, in depth. So um, 
but yeah, I think if they're able to solidify solidify a few things personnel wise in the defensive third, that will you know uh, be fixed. So will not be fixed, but I think it'll be better. Um, but yeah, there it is an issue right now. Um, they're definitely a bit a tale of two halves for a few matches straight, uh, for sure. Paul Forrester says, "Can you give a shout out to my two kids, Pax and Bryn? Pax and Bryn, here is your shout out. Happy Fourth of July weekend. Hope you're having fun and staying safe." Paul, thank you for the comment. He also has a question as well. Paul says, what will we do with DJ when the new right back, I'm assuming he means right back, comes in? He's playing too well to bench him. 100%. I agree with you, Paul. That's what I was just saying. Um, It would be really unfortunate if you had to put DJ back on the bench considering the way he's playing. He has proven that he gets better with consistent time on the pitch, with consistent opportunities to play, with consistent opportunities to contribute. It's the that's the difference this year between years past with DJ Taylor. In years past, he would come in, spot start every now and then, coming off the bench once every seven or eight matches, and he just wasn't able to get in the flow of things. And you you saw him struggle, but you saw the potential still be there. And obviously, the coaching staff saw that potential because they kept going to him and kept giving him those opportunities. To now be given those opportunities, take advantage of those opportunities, and the potential for those opportunities to be taken away from you. That to me just kind of leaves a sour taste in my mouth. And I I really hope that whatever happens along the back line, DJ is given that equal opportunity to be that guy uh, at the right back position because he more than deserves it. I completely agree, Paul. Uh, If you like Dave or like Paul and you want to contribute to the conversation, go ahead and leave a question or comment. But while you're doing that, uh, once I find the overlay here, I'm going to shout out our friends over at 9th Street Soccer and Coffee. And I'm going to go over here to do that so you can see me. Uh, 801 South 9th Street, Minneapolis is where they are located. And you see it in the name. And you might be asking, 9th Street Soccer and Coffee. Soccer and Coffee? Yes, Soccer and Coffee. You can go play pickup in an indoor, weather-controlled environment at 9th Street. Or, and or... Go get your espresso fix. Go pick up some great coffee at the exact same time. This is really a cool little uh, business that they have going on in the Northeast neighborhood of Minneapolis. Or um, I guess that would be, um, yeah, that's Northeast Minneapolis. Sorry, I'm getting my getting my maps screwed up a little bit here. But um, yeah, they're a really good group of people who run this thing. Derek Swanson has been on the 10,000 Pitches podcast multiple times. Uh, he is a huge supporter of what we're doing here at SodaSoccer.com, Post Loons and 10,000 Pitches. Um, so we hope that if you are in the Twin Cities and you are a fan, player, supporter of soccer, that you go check out Night Street Soccer and Coffee. They hold Minnesota United watch parties for select uh, road games throughout the season. They have hosted select Minneapolis City watch parties throughout Minneapolis City's summer season here. Um, they have weekly affordable pickup matches pretty much every night of the week. So if you want to get your pickup game in and you want to do it affordably, Ninth Street is the spot to do it. But also, they just have that coffee shop area with a TV with soccer on pretty much all the time. So if you're one of those work from homers who can you know go and, and work at like a coffee shop or a place like that, Head over to 9th Street during the day because if there's soccer on during the day, it's probably going to be on at 9th Street. So you can go there, get your coffee, work, watch some soccer. It's just kind of a a cool hub for the Twin Cities soccer community, both players and supporters. So go and check them out if you haven't. 801 South 9th Street in Minneapolis, Twitter and Instagram at 9th Street MPLS. And you can see the web URL there. Web URL there. Wow, words. 
uh, com to learn all about our friends over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. All right. So now we're going to get into our match moments. Uh, just kind of breaking down, you know, periodically what happened through this match um, and how we got to the three to two score line. And we talked about DJ Taylor to wrap up the three things. And that's kind of where I want to start the game notes here and the match moments here. Because in the first three minutes of this match, DJ Taylor solidified himself as a force along this back line with back-to-back successful sliding challenges. Um, there were a pair of attacking opportunities early for RSL, but they were thwarted by none other than DJ Taylor. Um, so just a really, really good start for him. And that would be sort of a, a, a launching pad for how he would perform over the rest of the match. Uh, six minute Reynoso sends a long free kick into the box. We're off deflection. Bongi is there. Uh, he gets all of the short range volley opportunity, but it's directly at RSL keeper, Zach McMath. Uh, the absolute, if there was a roof that was on Allianz field, it will come off. It, it would come off when Bongi actually gets his goal. It's lucky there's not a roof. Uh, I'm just going to say that because if he gets, uh, if he gets his first goal at home, Allianz Field is absolutely going to come unglued. He has been on the doorstep time and time and time again. He had multiple opportunities from point-blank range in this match that were saved or blocked. He is right there on the cusp of getting on the score sheet. And every Minnesota United fan everywhere all across the world will go absolutely insane when that actually happens. Uh, ninth minute, this is where Minnesota United kicks off the scoring. Uh, Kamar Lawrence, who had an excellent game. Both DJ and Kamar did really good tonight with their overlapping runs along the flanks. That's something that I think Minnesota United has missed without Roman Metinair is defenders getting in on attacks. Uh, but DJ and Kamar both did that really, really excellently tonight, pretty much all match long. And you see it sort of kickstart this scoring sequence here. He sends a really dangerous cross, kind of passes through the box, finds Reynoso on the other side of the box, and he does some really good work on the ball here to sort of move through some open space, and he finds the back of the net with the left foot. Absolutely locked in with that left foot right now is Reynoso. 1-0. Loons are off, and off on the right foot um, in the first 10 minutes. Uh, 27th minute, Bongi continues to knock at the door, firing a near post shot that's deflected into the path of Fragapane, but his point-blank effort's blocked. Um, Fragapane, this was his best match of the season by far, not even close. Um, he was in on the attacks. He was decisive. He was actually taking shots. Um, there were two instances in the second half where Franco Fragapane had the ball at his foot in the box and he shot both of them. Now they were both blocked, but the fact that he was not hesitant and his first instinct was to fire that ball at goal. Once it was at his feet in the box, I see his progress. So hopefully that's a good omen moving forward. Because he is, when he's on his game, he is so dangerous and makes such a difference in this Loon's attack. You saw it tonight. Hopefully he can keep that consistency moving forward and keep these performances moving forward. Because Minnesota United is going to need him specifically to step up and be consistent if they're going to want to get back in this playoff picture. 29th minute, Ruiz fires from distance for RSL. This is their first uh, real legitimate opportunity of the match. But Dane St. Clair is there with the diving save. Um, wasn't really, I mean, obviously there were two goals that, uh, you know, went by him tonight, but aside from those, not a ton of action for St. Clair in this one, uh, 45 plus one. This is where the loons get their second goal courtesy of again, Emmanuel Reynoso. It starts with a really nice buildup. It was Bongi sort of taking the ball to the sideline 
um, doing a little nice one, too, in the defensive midfield. Ball ends up at the feet of Amaria. Uh, he does some nice work in the attack. Ends up with Reynoso. And he gets he takes a long touch, which is really smart of him. Gets taken down in the box, awarded a penalty. I, I Kendra de St. Aubin on the broadcast said she disagreed with the, with the penalty call, that the ball was too far away. But I think it's one of those strategic things where Reynoso knows that if he kicks this ball – you know, five, six feet in front of him. Uh, he knows the guy's coming in for a slide tackle. He's obviously not going to get the ball. He's going to get all of Ray. I think eight times out of 10, that's probably called a penalty just because the ball is nowhere even the, – the fact that the ball is nowhere near Reynoso and he is slide tackled, I think that actually works in his favor in drawing a penalty. Um, and it was called there. Uh, the PK is actually initially saved from Ray, but it goes right back to him. He buries the rebound for his brace. And all of a sudden, it's 2-0 at halftime. And you're feeling really good. I mean, the, a lot of the gifts on uh, Soda Soccer's Twitter account, you know, we always put out the halftime tweet, send us a gif, how you're feeling about the uh, first half. A lot of positives coming from it. It was cautious optimism, I will say that. But it was still optimism. and still a lot of positive uh, vibes in that comment section, which is always good to see. Uh, second half, Loons catch RSL sleeping on a counter in the 54th minute. An overlapping Lawrence gets a through ball again, just making such a difference in the attack. Um, and he dribbles uncontested into the box here, but he isn't able to get a shot off before uh, RSL defender recovers and blocks. I do not remember who the RSL defender was, but it was a really good recovery. Um, you would like to see maybe Lawrence be a little bit more decisive there, but he is a defender um, and he did a lot of work in the attack tonight. Uh, 61st minute. This is where the Loons get their third. It's just a superb through ball from Reynoso, which springs Amaria one-on-one with McMath. And this is where a confident Luis Amaria can really pay dividends for this team. I think if this was a month ago, um, he maybe he's a little more hesitant, maybe takes too long. I think there's a lot of opportunities or a lot of um, instances, if this is earlier in the season, where this doesn't end up in the back of the net. But Amaria is so calm, cool, and collected right now. His confidence is high. Um, he just chips the keeper really, really nice into the back of the net. It's one of those where the ball's rolling to the back of the net. And before it even crosses the goal line, Amaria's got his hands out. I mean, really good moment for him. Hopefully that confidence can continue. And as more attention is placed on Emmanuel Reynoso, and if he's able to keep these kind of performances up, Luis Amaria is somebody who could really directly benefit from that because he's not going to have a lot of the attention. Now, if he keeps scoring goals, maybe he'll get some of that attention. But obviously, Ray, Ray is the focal point of any team's game plan against Minnesota United right now. I think if Amaria is in at least just decent form, he could really capitalize on that. And you can see that goal total really start to skyrocket for Luis Amaria. Uh, 68th, Bongi with another short angle chance, but it's another save for McMath. Um, like I said, he was on the doorstep numerous times tonight. That goal is coming for him for sure. Uh, 69th minute, Minnesota United makes their first sub. It's Abu Donladi on for Franco Fragapane. Um, Well-deserved standing ovation for Fragapane on his way off. Uh, but just two minutes later, RSL gets on the board. Too much space left along the flank uh, for the Loons, and RSL take advantage. They get deep in the box, and uh, Savarino's there on the, on the far post. Pass finds him. Easy goal. First goal of the evening. And all of a sudden now, things go from feeling really good to just slightly nervy. Uh, 74th, RSL nearly get a second as Cordova finds himself one-on-one with St. Clair. But uh, the goalkeeper makes a crucial save. But the 76th, RSL gets their second. 
they get one back off a corner kick as Anderson Julio's header to the far post Ricochet's in. And that's where things got really anxious, but credits Minnesota United after that second goal in the 76. I mean, there's a lot of time here and you're you're sweating a little bit, but they kind of nailed it down after that. There really weren't too many quality opportunities from RSL um, after that 76-minute goal. There were a couple of half chances, but um, I think they did a good job seeing that one out after giving up those two goals. Um, a couple more subs just to note. O'Neal Fisher got in the match. He actually had a really good shift after he came in. Um, I thought he did really, really well tonight. He's been kind of hot and cold for Minnesota so far this season, but I thought the short shift that O'Neal Fisher had, he was really good. And then Ja'Cory Hayes came on for Luis Amaria. A couple veteran moves from Hayes at the end of the match for you know for time wasting. Um, there was an instance where RSL had the ball in the corner and Minnesota regained possession and Hayes could have tried to put it on goal or try to go towards goal and try to get a, you know, maybe get another goal, try to go for, go for glory a little bit. But what Hayes did is he actually kicked it on the sideline side of the corner flag, you know, cleared it nearly literally as far away from goal as he possibly could without giving up a corner kick. I thought that was a really nice veteran move to just save Minnesota United another minute, another crucial minute um, as, uh, as that clock was ticking down. So, um, all in all, I can't really pick out anybody who had a who had a bad performance for Minnesota United tonight. I thought everybody played well. Well, Trap stayed clean on the defensive midfield. Uh, Robin Lud, I mean, what what could you really expect from him playing the eight, right? But I thought he did well in that position. Um, he was kind of a force. He was, uh, you know, fouling people. He wasn't afraid to to get a little dirty um, in the defensive midfield. So I really really like that. Like I said, Fragapani was excellent. Bongi was excellent. Uh, uh, Maria was excellent. Ray, of course, was incredible tonight. Man of the match. Um, everybody along that back line was good. Boxall was really crucial in helping lock things down at the end of the match, uh, you know, in that center back slot. Uh, and we know how kind of hot and cold the center back pairing has been for Minnesota United this season. We already talked about the fullback. So I think everybody front to back put in a really good shift tonight. It was a full team performance and a well-deserved three points and a well-earned three points and a much needed three points second win in a row for the second time this season second win in a row for the first time first time you've gotten two wins in a row since mid-april so you know obviously the loons were not on a good roll heading into this week but you get back-to-back wins that confidence is rolling individual confidence is rolling on this team um you know there's there's a lot of reason to be optimistic for sure uh a few more comments coming into the chat uh, we get Dave Olenski says, let me bring this up here. Conky Gaff ruffles are so inconsistently bad. How is that not a red card on Reynoso? Uh, Paul Forrester says, Brent asks, are we going to sign a new manager? Pax asks, when will Bongi get his goal? Well, Brent, if things go well for Minnesota United, I don't think they will sign a new manager. If they go bad at the end of the season, um, and Minnesota United doesn't end up making the playoffs, I think there's a chance that they could sign a new manager in the offseason. Uh, as far as Pax's question, when will Bongi get his goal? Soon. Very soon. The way he is playing, the opportunities he's being given, um, I, I think I think that's coming sooner rather than later. I think he will get one here in the next two weeks. That's my, that's my prediction. You know, over the next, I'm going to say, in the next three matches, Bongi will get his goal. That is my prediction, Pax. Um, 
Yeah. So if you have any more questions or comments, go ahead and drop them into the chat. Sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second. Um, we'll get into some stats and some bigger picture items in a minute, but want to shout out before I forget our friends over at Pence Homes. Now, if you're on Minnesota United Twitter or you're involved in Minnesota soccer in any way, shape, or form, you know who Nate Pence is. Nate Pence, in addition to being an incredible human, uh, is a really big supporter of Minnesota soccer. Pence Homes is involved with Minneapolis City. They're involved with our friends over at Equal Time Soccer, and they're helping us out here at SodaSoccer.com and Post Loons as well. We cannot thank Nate and his team enough for their support, uh, but they're also really um, good at helping you buy or sell your home as well. They're a group of realtors specializing in the Minneapolis and St. Paul area. They have helped countless individuals in the metro sell their home for top dollar and buy homes for you know the affordable side of that as well. This market, as you probably heard, is crazy, tough to navigate, not with Nate and the team at Penn's Homes. They can help you get top dollar for your home and help you find a home uh, affordably as well. So if you're buying, selling, or both in St. Paul and Minneapolis, you need to contact Nate and you need to contact Pence Homes. Just go to pentzhomes.com. You can see it right there, pentzhomes.com, and check out the reviews they have on the website. Um, it, it'll be a really good experience. You'll be glad you did. I promise you'll be glad you did. So again, contact Nate, pentzhomes.com, or email Nate directly, Nate, N-A-T-E, at pentzhomes.com. Huge thanks again to Pence Homes for helping us out here on Post Loons and with SodaSoccer.com. All right, so let's get into some of the stats here uh, on the night. And this was interesting. So Minnesota United, 18 shots, 7 on target. 13 of their 18 shots came inside the box. Now, they have not been really a, a team who's taken many shots outside the box this season. They're not really a team who's taken many shots I mean, they really haven't find quality, found quality shots and quality opportunities in general at many times this season. But 13 shots inside the box, many of these were quality opportunities. Really, really good looks. Um, they were aggressive. They were assertive. Um, they were relentless at times in the box as well. Um, the, the, they showed a graphic about 30 minutes into the match. Touches inside the box. Minnesota United had out-touched RSL 10 to one inside the box at that point. That's kind of how, how ruthless they were and the, you know, the type of uh, attack they were able to put together tonight. So excellent work from them. 2.63 is the XG for Minnesota United. Their XG was actually over three against LA galaxy um, and 20 clearances for Minnesota United tonight. Just that stat alone shows me how good their defense was 20 clearances, 67%. Tackles one percentage tonight as well for the defense. So all in all, just an all-around great night. RSL had 12 shots, four on target. They did have the line share of the possession with 54%. But Minnesota United has shown in the past they don't need possession to win. Actually, they usually do a lot better when they don't have the lion's share of the possession, right? So I thought just all in all, just a really good performance from Minnesota United tonight. Um, and that's really all for me, guys. Really good performance, really reason to be optimistic for the Loons. Uh, but we got to see consistency. That is the that is the one thing that has been missing this season for Minnesota. And even over the last couple seasons, consistency. They've put together good one-off performances at times. But then they will go on a run of three or four matches where they, they don't look 
on that same level. If Minnesota United can maintain this level and sign the right pieces in the transfer window, which, in my opinion, the right pieces are center back and a number six. Move Ariaga to the eight, sign a DP six, an Ozzy Alonso-esque six in terms of impact, sign a center back on a tail. Sorry, the, the kiddo just asked me a question. Go ahead. You're good. <laughs> so uh, where was I? Okay, so a DP6, that's who I want to see Minnesota United really go after and use that DP slot for, is an Ozzy Alonso-esque in terms of impact, number six. Because when you talk about differences between 2019, 2020, and now, the difference is really Ozzy Alonso, right? So you need to find somebody in that position who can make that impact. So I want to see them do that. And then I want to see them go after a young, you know, a young center back on a TAM contract who can come in and, and fill in that debo- that role next to Boxall right away. Those are the two pieces I want to see solidified. Because the way this Minnesota United team is constructed under Adrian Heath, they lead from the back. You need to solidify the defensive portion of the field before you even, in my opinion, before you even worry about what's happening in the attack. If you are not solid and consistent from the defensive midfield back and you are not a top five MLS club in the defensive third, I don't think it, or maybe top 10 MLS club, maybe top five is too ambitious, maybe top 10 MLS club in the, in the, in the defensive third then you're, you're just not going to win many matches. You're not going to be able to hold leads. You're going to have the issues that we've been seeing with Minnesota United in the second half of games this season. You need to solidify that. You need to put impact players at in that third of the pitch. And then with the attack that they have currently constructed, I think you thrive. I think you thrive big time. I think if you get a DP number six and a really young quality center back to go alongside Boxall, I love Debassi, but I, right now I just think he's better as that as that piece off the bench who can play multiple positions along the back line. I think that's where Debassi would fit best in this team with a young quality center back ahead of him starting. That's what I, that's what I want to see. If you fill those positions with quality pieces, I think you take a, a huge leap forward in the potential for this team this season. I think that's, it's, it's as simple as that, but I also know it's not simple, right? It's not simple to just go, oh, yeah, we need to get a DP number six. Let's just go out and get a DP number six. It's all about who's available in the transfer window, right fits, money, contract negotiations. I get that it's not simple just going out and getting a guy, but I think in terms of positions of need and ideal positions that they would use those slots and that money for, that's where I would like to see them used. Again, I said at the beginning, if you're just joining me now, I'm going I'm to say it again. I think it will be really unfortunate with the way DJ Taylor is playing if he is reduced back to a backup role. Because he has been he has been arguably the best, most consistent player on this team, not named Emmanuel Reynoso this season, just in general, right? Who's been better? It's been Ray, for me, it's been Ray, DJ, and then who else? 
Wood, probably, right? Kervin Ariaga is up there too. But DJ has been on a roll lately. He's in really good form. I don't want to see him lose the opportunity to maintain that by staying on the pitch for extended periods of time. He was amazing tonight. He's just he's continuing to get better too. We have not even seen the best of DJ Taylor. We're seeing a damn good DJ Taylor right now, but I don't think we're anywhere near seeing his best. And I think we're only going to see his best in a Minnesota United uniform if he's able to if he's able to stay on the damn pitch. So again, nothing against Alan Benitez. Maybe he's going to come in and do great things for this Minnesota United team. I don't think that's where you need to spend the money. That's just where I am. And if there are any more questions or comments, that's where I will wrap things up on post loons tonight. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. We had some really good viewership tonight. I didn't, I thought a viewership would be down honestly because of the holiday weekend, but y'all were, were here. You were contributing to the conversation. I love it. Um, if you do want to leave another question or comment um, here over the last couple minutes, I will get to those um, as many as you guys want to send in. I will get to them before we wrap things up here. But a little housekeeping before we do. So um, if you haven't checked this out, you see the uh, little thing on the bottom right here, Soda Soccer. SodaSoccer.com. It's your new home for soccer coverage in the North. We cover everything from Minnesota United to Minneapolis City to Minnesota Aurora. Everything going on in the Minnesota soccer scene is covered there at SodaSoccer.com. Our goal is to make sure that every team um, who's playing high-level amateur soccer in Minnesota gets covered just like Minnesota United. We want to make sure that they get the coverage they deserve and the spotlight they deserve because there's a lot of damn good teams and damn good players uh, who are playing soccer in this state that deserve that spotlight. So that's our goal. So if you haven't checked us out at SodaSoccer.com, please do. You can check us out on Twitter at SodaSoc. Um, and you can also check out our podcast, 10,000 Pitches Podcast. It's myself and Dominic Jose Bizonio. Drops every Friday. We talk Minnesota United, but we also talk everything else going on in the Minnesota soccer scene. Um, and also you can check us out every post game for minute. Well, not every post game, almost every post game for Minnesota United here uh, for post loons. Um, next match, I believe isn't until the weekend. I probably should have brought that up before I got on the stream. Bad. So let me Google the schedule real quick. Yeah. Friday you're at Vancouver. Um, that's a big opportunity A 9 30 PM kick. So that's going to be fun. Uh, and then your midweek, hosting Sporting Kansas City on the 13th, and then you are hosting D.C. United on the 16th before that July 20th friendly against Everton, which I am very excited about. Um, But, yeah, so a big stretch coming up. I think an opportunity to get points, though. Vancouver, Sporting KC, neither team has been very good so far this season. Um, And uh, D.C. United, they've been decent, but you're at home. You showed tonight that you could beat a good team at home. So, you know, three matches coming up, one on the road, two at home. Let's do some quick math here. Seven out of nine points. Let's get it, right? Two wins and a draw. Doesn't matter how you get them, where you get them. Two wins and a draw. Seven out of nine points. And then in a couple weeks when we're doing post-loons after a, you know, a 3-2 win over DC United at home, we'll be feeling really good heading into that international friendly small little weekend break there uh but that'll do it for me tonight guys thank you guys so much for the viewership for chiming in for supporting what we're doing at sodasoccer.com and here with post loons i really appreciate it uh it's a lot of work doing this post game show i'm not gonna lie but it makes it all worth it when you guys are tuning in and chiming in the way you are 
Um, there's also another Minnesota United post game show that I want to shout out. Loons Coast to Coast. Um, as I think there's a guy in Atlanta and a guy in California. I could be wrong on the exact locations. Uh, but periodically they will actually go live after Loons games too. So you know we're not the only post game show in town, and we don't want to necessarily monopolize the the Minnesota United content market because I think it's one of those things where a high, a high tide helps all boats rise, right? I think. The more people that know that there's post-game options for Minnesota United, the more people that check them out, the more that everybody does well. So um, if you want more than just me talking at you on the post-game, there is Loons Coast to Coast as well. It's a Twitch channel. So go and check them out if you'd like to. Uh, but as far as we go, check us out, sodasoccer.com. Subscribe to our podcast feed, Soda Soccer Podcast. And we'll be back Friday evening, late night, after the match in Vancouver. Uh, one more comment. Who's this from? Let me see. Vancouver stuck it to LAFC. I'm worried about that one. That's any big blue. Yeah, look, Vancouver has not been consistent. They've been bad. They've been good. But that's kind of that's kind of MLS this year, right? Uh, any team can really beat any team in MLS this year. It's it's really been that kind of year in MLS. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, it's not going to be a cakewalk. I think you should go on the road and at least get a result against Vancouver, though. I think a result is the minimum. I honestly think though. The way that we see this Minnesota United team, the way that we viewed this team coming into the season, the expectations should be to go into Vancouver and to get three points. But I'd take a result, too. Uh, either way, we'll be here to break it down after the match late night on Friday for another edition of Post Loons. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. I am out for real this time, and we will catch you Friday. See you guys.